Welcome everyone. I'm Sue Barber, author, former IT director for a Fortune 500 company, turn executive coach, and this is the Visibility Factor podcast, where we explore how to raise your visibility and play bigger at work and in life. We'll explore key topics and welcome guests that help you shift your thinking about yourself so you can see new possibilities for your leadership. I'm on a mission to create a visibility movement for leaders to show their value and be seen for their true talent. Are you ready to take the next step towards a higher level of visibility for yourself? Let's go. The visibility factor is brought to you in part by the Choose Your Life Challenge. Do you feel like it's too late to do something new? You have a good life and your basic needs are met. You have a place to live, a job that provides enough and friends and family to share it with. But it's all passing by so quickly and it feels like you're running out of time to do the things you wanted to do. Join Danielle McCombs and Christy Allinger, co-hosts of the Opposite of Small Talk podcast in a 30-day interactive experience that helps you to live a more intentional life. Through a combination of live sessions, video coaching, and digital social interaction, you will be guided through a series of ideas to explore your mindset and gain confidence to live the life you want. Sign up today by visiting theoppositeofsmalltalk.com forward slash challenge. Use promo code CHALLENGE4 for a 20% discount. That's theoppositeofsmalltalk.com forward slash challenge and promo code CHALLENGE4. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Visibility Factor podcast. This is Sue Barber, your host. Today, we are going to talk about communication. I just did a speech on this yesterday, and for me, it was really a good conversation around where communication works and maybe where it doesn't work as well as we'd like it to. And so I thought I wanted to share some of the things that came out of that discussion with you and just help you think about your own communication and maybe where it's working well for you and where it isn't. So I want to start out a little bit of the conversation around our brain. I don't know if you're familiar with this or not, but our brains are actually wired to be negative. The amygdala in our brain is there to protect us by invoking the fight or flight response. So if something comes up, if we're in fear or something is maybe going to hurt us, you know, our brains kick in and try to find a way to save us. It helps us sense danger and that part of our brain is triggered and it gives us the indication that we need to do something. We may need to fight or we may need to flee and that is there to protect us. What's interesting is that same thing can happen in a stressful situation at work too. Things get heated in a conversation and you feel like your blood pressure is escalating. The stress response in your body is triggering that same fight or flight response in your head. And even though we aren't in any physical danger, at least I hope not, our brains view it in the same way as danger, and it tries to protect us. And when that happens, you can't always run out of the room or, if you're remote, leave the Zoom meeting, but you may want to. And how you respond in those situations is important. It demonstrates who you are as a leader. Do you say the right things at that moment? Do you react somehow in that moment that may be a positive or a negative? You have a choice. So today I wanted to share some things with you that you can do to open up communication when that happens for you. How can you deal with those situations in a good way and help you be a really strong, good leader? Now, I'm not saying everything I'm going to talk about today is going to solve it. Not everything is going to be solved with one conversation, but it's going to take practice on your part. And I want you to understand that this is a process. 
sometimes rewiring the way your brain looks at things takes time and not everything's going to work for you. Some of these ideas I'm going to share with you may work well and others may not, but I hope that you'll at least think about them and try them. This isn't about whether they work 100% of the time. This is about how you respond to situations like this and helping you maintain a more neutral way of dealing with things that are negative or stressful. So let's go through the list that I have here and we'll share some ideas and stories. The first one is take a break. So imagine you're in a meeting with people and things are escalating, things are getting heated, everybody's starting to get a little upset and really starting to say things that maybe they shouldn't. One of the best things you can do is actually call like call a timeout. Say, you know what? Um, I need to leave the room. I need to go get something off my desk or I need to run to the restroom or go get a glass of water. That physical action in your body will help you calm down. And it may not be a bad thing for everyone else in the room to calm down too. So maybe you're the one voice of reason in that situation that allows everybody else to react in a better way when they come back to the room. Or you can say, maybe we just need to stop the discussion today because I don't feel like we're getting anywhere and let's come back together tomorrow when everybody's cooled down and had some time to think about it. Sometimes taking a break is the best thing that you can do because people will say things that are not needing to be said and you need to stop that from happening. So if you don't see that things are happening in a productive way, don't be afraid to call a timeout and take a break. The second one is called The Story I Am Telling Myself Is. Now, any of you who are familiar with Brene Brown may have heard her talk about this in some of her talks or in her books. And what this is, is a way to use language around sharing what you're thinking, things that are happening for you, and sharing that with the other person. Because obviously, we're all coming with stories and experiences and assumptions that we think are right and that we're operating under. And the more you can share what you're thinking, the more it helps people understand where you're coming from. And it also may clear up some confusion or misinterpretations of information. So it helps open up the conversation to remove those assumptions of what the other person is thinking or feeling. And then you can get to the heart of, okay, what is it that we're here to do? How can we get to the best outcome? But if you're not sharing what you're thinking, if you're just keeping it to yourself and then you're getting frustrated and people aren't listening to you or they don't know what you're thinking and you're just going in circles, it doesn't help anybody. So don't be afraid to open up and share what you're thinking. This is something that I work with a lot of teams on, especially someone who's more introverted, more shy, is very hesitant to do this. They don't want to do this in a room of people. And so the story I am telling myself is gives them language to help them feel comfortable sharing that. And that's not saying that everybody else has that same experience or is thinking the same thing, but it, it's, it's a true statement for me that this is the story I am telling myself in this moment. And so it kind of takes away the pressure that that person might feel and allows them to share. So I really love that. Um, it can be helpful personally or professionally. You might need to do it with your kids or your, your significant other. Other, um, but it allows you to have a voice um, in a situation where you may not feel like you're comfortable sharing it. The next one is called assuming the best of others. Uh, I like to have people think about giving people the benefit of the doubt. 
So if someone comes in to the office or on a Zoom call with you and starts really reacting in a negative way, or they just feel like they're just in a really bad mood and it's not their norm, then try to think about what else could be happening for this person to act this way. Is it about my conversation with them right now? I think that's what happens for us usually is we'll get defensive. We may think it's about us and we'll take it personally, but maybe it has nothing to do with us. Maybe something happened to them on the way to the office or they had a difficult conversation with one of their kids that morning. And They could be defensive for those reasons and have nothing to do with you. So you thinking about them and thinking, hmm, I wonder if something else is going on for them could be the best thing for them. It might help slow them down and give them the opportunity to think about how they're showing up and then for you to better understand what's going on because otherwise you're making assumptions and and that's not helpful for anybody. So assume the best of others and give them the benefit of the doubt. The next one is be curious. And this one, I call it kind of going into coach mode for me, but for you, it could be just asking questions. Thinking about when someone's talking about something, what is their point of view? Why are they coming up with this? What is different than what I'm thinking about it? Is there some common ground that we can find between the two of us to really work through this issue, whatever it is? And one of my favorite ones um, comes from a book called Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. I'll link it in the show notes for you. It's an amazing book. He is a former FBI terrorist negotiator, and he has had to deal with some of the most stressful, difficult situations that none of us hopefully have ever had to deal with. And he uses this as a way to help to calm these people down in these situations where they're, you know, holding people captive or they're robbing a bank or whatever it may be. He uses language that starts out like, it seems as if you're really, you know, in a difficult situation here. Tell me what's happening for you. And he's doing it with a very calm voice because he knows that he can never get them to negotiate with him if he doesn't calm them down. And think about the person who who's going through that situation, they're, you know, dealing with a lot of stress. I'm sure that they're dealing with a lot of pressure from the people that they're working for, of their goal, whatever that goal may be. And so there's just a lot of stress happening. And so if he can calm them down, he can get them to start to listen to reason. So he's learned this from that perspective of his role as an FBI person, but now he's taken it into the business world. So if there's a situation where someone is just being difficult and very stressed out and not really listening, try to be the calm voice of reason and say, it seems as if you're really upset about this. Can you tell me what's happening for you? Tell me what's going on for you. Maybe they can share with you and you can have a better understanding. But if you just assume that they're not going to listen to you, then you're never going to get a resolution. So trying to look at things using questions can be a really positive thing and going in with whatever the right questions are for you. I'm just giving you uh, a few examples here, but think about for you what those questions could be that helps to really get to the heart of what's going on with someone. The next one is called agreements versus expectations. This is about creating clarity. So I remember many days um, working in corporate where I would have expectations of my team. I would have expectations of my management uh, or my clients. And I didn't always say what those expectations were. I just assumed that they would know uh, if I asked them to do something or I needed something that they would you know, do it the same way I would do it. That was kind of a mistake on my part. No one has the same expectations that I have. 
they all have different ones. They all come from different backgrounds and experiences and they just may do things differently than I do. And so if I'm not clear with what I want, then they're not going to necessarily meet the outcome that I have. So giving clear and specific outcomes when delegating or asking for something can be a really helpful thing to both of you, to you as the person who needs something and then to the other person who's going to do it for you. It allows the person to understand what the work is, to ask questions for clarifications. Um, sometimes I'll use wording like, play back what I just shared with you. I want to make sure I didn't forget anything. It allows you to make sure that they really understood what you want, what the timing is of when you want it, and how they're going to deliver that to you. So a quick example is, you know, I'd like, you know, for Sally to put together these reports for me. So I talk to Sally about them. I give her some input on what I'm looking for, that I want it sent to me an email by 5 p.m. on Friday. And what is she going to do if she can't do that for me? Like we talk about those things. So it's really, really clear that she's going to do this. And if she has questions, she'll reach out to me. And then I have a sense of what's going to happen. She has a sense of what's going to happen. And then it actually will happen. But if I make an assumption or I just put some expectations out there like, Sally, I really would like you to put these reports together for me. Could you do that? But I don't give her any other information. She may make an assumption that I don't need it till next week when actually I need it this week. But I'm not clear with her. So I definitely operated in this place of expectations versus making an agreement with someone for a really long time. And I think this is the just the kindest thing you can do when you work with someone is to really focus on the agreements that you have and make sure that both sides are clear. And then the last one is putting yourself in their position, seeing things from their perspective. You know, think about someone that you're working with that you want them to do something or that you're working on a project together. And if you can see it from their perspective, are they missing information that maybe you have? Do they need more context to understand the situation and what's needed? What experiences or assumptions may be getting in the way? So for example, this can happen to any of us at any time, right? But I try to put myself in a lot of people's position, especially if something happens. My initial reaction might be to get defensive. My initial reaction might be to be negative and make assumptions about what they're doing or why they're doing it instead of trying to put myself in their position and think the best of them. So for example, if you're driving in your car and someone makes a left turn in front of you unexpectedly, you know, your reaction might be to get really mad. Like, oh my God, they almost hit me. What is going on? And instead of doing that, what if you think about, okay, what's some reasons why that person could have turned left in front of me? Were they in a hurry? Maybe. Were they late for a meeting? Maybe. Were they um, on the way to the hospital because someone was sick? Are they trying to get their child home because they were sick at school? There's any number of things that can be happening for someone that we have no idea. And instead of trying to put our thoughts about what's happening into that situation, sometimes it's best to just say, you know what, something must be going on with them because that's not normal for them and try to understand the other way that you can start to do this is to, um, when something is happening for you and it's more in the negative space, try to see what you can do to make it a positive. So I like to use this example of you're headed to the airport, ready to catch your flight, and you run into a massive accident in front of you, and there's no way you're going to make your flight. So you're stuck in traffic. There's just nothing you can do to change that. And in that situation, you have a choice. 
You can be angry. You can be upset. Um, there's nothing you can do to control that accident or when it's going to get cleared up. All you can do is sit there. So what can you do that's positive instead? You could listen to a podcast. You could listen to the radio. Maybe you haven't done in a while. You could make a phone call. If you have your phone in the car, you could call someone. And there's a number of things that you can do that will help you get into a better, you know, better state of energy than being negative. And I know that may sound very difficult in that moment to do it, but in any situation, you have a choice. You can stay in the negative, which is draining your energy, or you can try to find a positive, some silver lining that you can do or experience because of what's happening to you in that moment. And the more you do that, the more it changes the way that your brain works. It really starts to help you focus on positive things. It doesn't mean for me, I've been doing this for a long time now, but it doesn't mean for me that I'm not still having a negative thought or still getting defensive or still feeling things that aren't positive. I definitely do. But my initial reaction now is to feel that and then say to myself, what can I see that's a positive here? What could be happening for the other person? How can I assume the best of them? That is now my go-to instead of just reacting. And it's not always easy. I'm not perfect at it. I will tell you that. Um, I've definitely had moments, and I'm sure my kids could tell you, uh, where I've reacted to something and I wish I wouldn't have done that. But sometimes in the moment, that just happens. So be kind to yourself if it happens. Um, This is a work in progress, and it's going to take time for you to do that. But I just want you to imagine for a minute, like if you implemented any of these, if you implement all of them, great. But if you implement any one of these, imagine how different the workplace would be. Imagine how our communication would improve. Imagine what the world could look like if we started doing more of this stuff and started putting ourselves in other people's positions, or we started to think about another person's experience and what they may be feeling and stop placing our own assumptions on them. Imagine just for a second what that could be like. It would be a very different workplace. It would definitely be a very different world. Um, But that's what's happening for people. When you see them get defensive, when you see them reacting and coming on the offensive at you, something is happening for them and they don't know how to deal with it. And it may have nothing to do with you, as I mentioned earlier. It may be all about something else that's happening for them. And you just kind of calling a timeout and asking them how they are can change everything for them. Maybe they just need someone to talk to about what happened and you could be that person. So I hope this was helpful. I hope it gave you some new ideas of some things that you could do to disrupt some challenging situations and also help you be calmer, uh, remove some of the stress from your life. Uh, Communication is something that's so important in a workplace. And I think there's too many assumptions and people not listening to each other that could be causing a lot of that. And hopefully these tips will help you with that. Now we're going to go into the rise up and be visible quick tip for today. So I've alluded to this, but I haven't come out and told you this one yet, but I want you to slow down to speed up. When I talk to anybody working in a corporate environment, when I tell them to slow down, they look at me like I'm crazy and tell me that's not possible. It's absolutely possible. You just have to be intentional about it. You have to find a way to take things off your calendar or delegate to other people or build in time for yourself every day that you get some time to slow down. Even for myself, I've had this uh, where I have a lot going on this week and I've taken the time to slow down, even if it's just for a minute. You only need a minute. Close your eyes, sit at your desk, and just be calm and breathe. It can change everything for you. 
Because if you're not planning and preparing and thinking about things, you're going to inadvertently say something wrong. You're going to not be as prepared as you would need to be for a meeting. And you're definitely not going to be showing up in the best way strategically or visibly in meetings. So here's some questions for you to think about. What are all the things that you need to say in this conversation that you're going to have? How can you say it to help them receive it in the best way? Not your way. Help them receive it in the best way. What objections will they have that you can address proactively? So trying to be prepared and thinking about what they may ask you and being prepared enough to talk about those things first and not have to have them ask you the questions. What questions can you ask to better understand the situation? No one knows everything about everything, right? So how can you ask some questions that might help you understand the situation better, which ultimately helps both of you get to a better solution? And then what do you think you may be assuming that could be wrong? As I mentioned multiple times in this podcast today, this is about checking your assumptions, not placing your assumptions on other people, and not always thinking that you're right. When I did this speech yesterday, one of the people there said, you know, I think I operate in a place where I think I'm always right. So what could that be doing for him? It could be making it really challenging for other people to talk to him and be approachable. It could make it really difficult for people to try to change his mind. And so I think it was an aha moment he had in that conversation where he said, you know what, I think I think I operate from that place that I'm always right. And I need to really check that and understand if that's true for me or not. So if any of these ideas that I've shared today help you have better conversations or help others that you work with have better conversations, that would just make my day because I think there's so many challenges that we have in the workplace already. Communication can be something that we can all work on together and make it better. Thanks so much for joining me today on the Visibility Factor podcast, and I'll talk to you on the next one. Thanks so much for listening to the Visibility Factor podcast. Remember that visibility starts with small steps that are intentional and consistent each day. Be bold, be visible, be the leader you were meant to be. Find us and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Follow us on all of our social media platforms, which are highlighted in the show notes. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Visibility Factor Podcast.